What we are today seeing in the world is a world that is being governed by fear more and more. And today is a, such a peculiar day for me to be doing this broadcast on. Uh, if you don't know, you know, we plan these ahead and there's no way for me to have coordinated this to be happening on this very grim day where, as we all know, there is a seemingly a war that is breaking out in the European uh, area of the world with Ukraine and Russia. And of course, with this comes what you would probably expect in the world. Uh, news stations and people, social media networks blowing up with talks of what does this mean. And of course, this is worthy of talking about. This is worthy of of praying about and we will by all means be praying for the Ukrainian people at the end of this broadcast as well as for anyone who is listening here tonight who is facing their own fears of whatever nature and whatever sort because we live in a world that the Bible doesn't tell us that when we come and accept Jesus that everything's going to be all roses and romantic and beautiful and life is going to be perfect no, he in fact said that in this world you will have tribulation, but in me you will have peace. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. What does that really mean for us, and how do we enter that? You see, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that we have come to take fear as a natural instinct of ours, just another one of the emotions that we can live by in our day to day. And, you know, I think it's fine to recognize that, look, stress is something that God has given the human body to experience. Our heart starts beating faster in a moment of stress. We can make decisions quickly if there is a situation that warrants that need. But then there is living in fear. And that is different from a moment, a temporary moment of of a stressful event like before you go on stage to talk to a bunch of people or if you lost a loved one or or if something happened you know we we can enter a moment of stress but there is a place that you can live in fear and that's what we want to talk about because ultimately we have people today and this is very common now who wake up in the morning living in fear who go through their day living in fear and who go to bed at night laying their head on their pillow and the last thing they think about is their fear. But it's all subconscious. They would not tell you that this is how they live. They would not even recognize it themselves unless there's introspection that takes place. And this is going to be a night of that introspection. What a better night to do it than a night like tonight when we are surrounded by by reports that seek to fill our hearts with fear. Now, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that the Bible teaches something that, that may be shocking to, to the average person. It, it teaches that fear is not an acceptable thing to live in. It is not acceptable for a believer who professes faith in Christ and the God of the universe who created everything in you. It's not possible, acceptable 
possible, maybe not acceptable, to have to live in this state of fear. And this is what we read in Romans 8.15. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. You see, he talks about how you did not receive a spirit of slavery from God to fall back. In other words, these people came out of their fears, but there is a spirit of slavery that's continuously dragging on us and attempting to pull us back to that place of fear that we all lived in before we came to God. I want to read to you Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Think about that. He says that what he received was deliverance from his fears. In other words, you can be oppressed by a spirit of fear that you need to be delivered from, that you need to be set free from, that it is not normal, supposed to be, for us to be in a bondage of fear. But God says, I want to deliver you from that. Notice, however, that deliverance from fear or a spirit of fear or that spirit of slavery does not mean deliverance from all your issues. There's a difference. They're not the same thing always. God wants to set us free from all kinds of things. However, just because you have issues in your life does not give you permission to live in fear. All right, because ultimately you can have your world. And we're going to go into some scriptures here about people in the Bible who had hard lives. Their lives were falling apart. They had trials, but yet they were able to keep fear out. You see, we see that the the scriptures say in Psalm 23, verse one, famous verse, even though it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you. You are with me, Lord, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. See, he's saying I go through a valley of shadow of death where I'm facing death, staring death in the face myself, but yet I will fear no evil. His circumstances invite the temptation to live in fear, but he says, I will not fear. And John 16, 33 says, I have said these things to you, Jesus speaking, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So there's a contrast. He says, I am the Prince of Peace and me. You will have peace in the world. You will have tribulation. Now, let me ask you this question. From where are you living? From where are you living? Are you living from the peace? Are you living from Yeshua or are you living from the world? And where do you make your decisions from? What drives your decisions? The world, what the world says, what the world tells you, The tribulations of the world themselves, do the tribulations drive your decisions? Or is it that Christ drives your decisions, that the will of God is what you are? That's the only thing that you really care about is God. What do you will for me? That's what I will decide to do. I want to let's let's just look at a few examples, a few biblical examples of people in the Bible who went through, who faced fear and how fear actually stole things from these people. For example, uh, most obvious example is Adam and Eve. 
They they sinned. They failed to repent. Instead, they went to hide in the bushes. And God walks through the garden calling their name. But then in, because of the fear of punishment, they blame each other. They pass blame. They point the finger. They don't take responsibility because of fear. If they understood the kindness, the love of God and that he has mercy and that he has a plan, maybe they would have responded differently. Right. And instead of that fear of punishment, they would have had a healthy fear of God, yet having the knowledge of his mercy and grace show them that there is a way out of this. Instead, they hide and they sin further, dig in their heels. Another example is Israel themselves. They're in the wilderness. There's there's there came out of Egypt. Where's the water, Moses? Where's the food, Moses? Do we have anything but this manna? Moses, where are you? He went off the mountain. Where is he now? Maybe we should just build a golden calf in fear that Moses has left us. Or what about, oh, there's there's giants in the land. God, you want us to go through the land of giants to get to the promised land? No, 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 no. Uh, I'm afraid of those giants, God. And what about my children? What about my children? They're, they're going to get killed or they're going to whatever. I fear these things. And what do they do? In, in, in long story short, they believe the bad report of the 12 spies. And well, many of them die because of it. The fear that they made their decisions by and hope of being safe because they they thought that they can be safe by making a decision of not going where God wills, but where they will. A more a place of more safety, they think. Yet that would brought more harm, more danger than anything else. So uh, one more example uh, we can think of is is Peter himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to the Lord. God, Yeshua, Jesus saying, hey, pray, pray, don't fall asleep. Why? So that the, the fears would not overtake Peter so that in Yeshua himself was praying. He said, Lord, if you if this cup can pass, let it pass. But if not, I will go through with this. And he was praying for strength so that he can face the fears that he's about to face. Because if you're about to be put on a cross, there's a lot of fear that can easily creep in. But yet he pushed in with prayer, hoping for the Lord to strengthen him in, in, in this and he was strengthened. But yet Peter fell asleep. And when Peter was asked, do you know Yeshua? Do you know Jesus? Are you with him? What does Peter do in fear of of harm coming into harm's way in fear that God is not going to protect him in fear? Peter denies Christ three times. Probably he would tell you the biggest mistake of all his life. In fear. Oh, brothers and sisters, the, the enemy's got his hands deep in this thing. And he's got his hands deep in the people of God with this issue of fear. Will you turn from this issue of fear? Because this is a choice that God calls us to make. Who will you serve? Because this is a, a much bigger issue than just an emotion. It's a much bigger issue than just a, 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 a feeling. You'll soon discover that this is an issue that runs as deep as your faith itself. You see, many people have have said things like, 
um, they, they want to do this or that thing, not because we're afraid, but because we want to be wise. Right. And we've seen that fear actually masquerades as wisdom. In other words, the the decision is actually being driven by f fear. But yet we say, no, we want to be safe. We want to be wise. Like when Israel were faced with those giants in the land. Oh, no, we're not going to go through the giants because we're going to be safe. We're going to practice wisdom, right? Protect our children from the giants in the land so that they are protected and all that. But yet that was not what God called them to do. And yet that caused their downfall. Think about that. This means that, sa that, that safety is not always the wise decision. Think about that. Safety can be the wise decision, but safety is not how the, the measurement of how we measure whether something is a wise decision and the will of God. The wise decision to make is God's will. And that can be as safe or unsafe as you may think from the world's perspective. The reality is, is his will is the safest bet, the safest decision. Even though the world will tell you otherwise, and even though the circumstances will tell you otherwise. You see, what we see is that godly wisdom is not firstly concerned with safety, but the will of God. You know, I've heard people say, for example, oh, we must move out of all of the cities because Christian persecution is coming. We must all move to rural areas. Uh, OK, I'm not against that. But is the decision being where is this decision being made from? What is driving it? Is fear driving your decision? Because if it is, I don't care what your measurements, what your logic, what your reasonings are. It's not from God if God didn't say it. That's what the question must be. Did God say go? Did God say stay? All the other factors, we can talk about them. But what does God say? That's the question that we must ask ourselves, because that's what wisdom is. The Bible says that true wisdom, the beginning of it is the fear of God. Think about that. Not the fear of other things. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, because when you fear God, that means by definition, you know, he is all powerful. It means you are trusting him. You means he, you know, he has control. You put your life in his hands. That is what fearing God means. That is wisdom, because now you will make your decisions based off God's will first. So, like I said, wisdom is concerned with God's will. Fear is concerned with ours. Wisdom trusts in God. Fear trusts in self. You trust your own decisions if you make decisions from fear. When you make decisions from wisdom, you trust God. And then, of course, with that means that if you make a decision out of fear, that burden of that decision is placed on you. Because whatever happens because of that is now on you. But yet, if you operate in decision making led by wisdom, by the will of God, that burden is on God. And that's why Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and who need rest, lay your burdens unto me. God wants us to give us his burdens. 
He wants us to let him take responsibility for our lives, for our decisions, because, but that's only if we allow him to make those decisions and guide us in what we need to do with whatever decision we're facing. Another thing that we see in this, these, these two opposites of, of, of wisdom and fear really is that wisdom is rational. But fear, on the other hand, makes us irrational. And it's always interesting because in our human nature, we try to rationalize our decision making all the time. But yet when we make our decisions based from this place of fear, no matter how rational you think it is, that decision will be irrational because a rational decision can only be made from the wisdom that comes from the fear of the Lord and desiring his will above all. For example, some people would say, I am, let's just make a, an example to make things, break things down a little bit. Some people will say, I am afraid of flying and I cannot get in planes because I am afraid of dying, right? This living in this fear of flying, for example. But think about this example. Now we have a similar story with Yeshua himself. He's in a boat with his disciples, Mark 4, verse 37. In fact, let me pull it up for you and, and I'll read it with you all. Mark 4, verse 37, it says a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. So the boat was already filling. So this is not just getting on a plane. You're afraid of flying. This is getting on a boat, being in a storm. The boat is filling with water. And it says, but he was in the stern. He, Jesus, Yeshua, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him, his disciples. They woke him. They said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said, why, why are you afraid? Have you no faith? And they were filled. Listen, they were filled with great fear and say to one another, who is this then that even the wind and the sea obey him? Think about this. They were first afraid of the winds, the storm and everything else that they were going to die. They say we're going to perish. But after Yeshua did what he did, their fear shifted from the storm to who he was. They said it says they were filled with fear and they said to one another, who is this? Because they received the fear of God. They received the revelation that God is in control. God is powerful. God is the one in whom they can trust. And therefore, they will not fear the storm situations around them because they fear God first. Fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and freedom. And so ultimately, brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that um, sometimes wisdom is actually that we need to go where the fear is. Sometimes godly wisdom will mean that God will tell us, lead us into a place that's scary, a place that that we feel full of fear of when we just think of that. In fact, when we think about Paul, let me put, pull this one up for you as well. Acts 20. Uh, Acts 20, verse 22. 
we go. It's a, it, Paul himself is in this place talking about how he is going to a place, Jerusalem, and he is a wanted man. But yet he says the spirit of God is going to take him there. He says, behold, I'm going to Jerusalem constrained by the spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me that in every city that imprisoned and afflictions will await me. But I don't count my life of any value or as precious to myself. If only if I may finish my course and the ministry I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel. He says that the spirit is sending him, constraining him to go to Jerusalem. And yet also the spirit is telling him that he will be imprisoned. Afflictions await him. That doesn't sound very safe to me. Why, why is God sending him to a place that he says afflictions await? Surely that can't be God's will. That, that, that Paul goes to a place that may be dangerous. That's definitely not wise to do. In fact, the, the wise thing to do, right, would be to to never go to Jerusalem for Paul. That's the safest thing. See, brothers sisters, how our logic is so flawed and ungodly when we think of it in this manner. Now, God can tell Paul, hey, Paul, I don't want you to go to Jerusalem. I just it's not my will right now. I want you to go here and there. And that would be wonderful and God's will. And that would be Paul steering him away from danger. But do you notice what I'm getting at? That all of these other things that we look at in life as to assess a situation is not what necessarily is what God looks at. And well, he let me say this. He does consider all things, but it doesn't necessarily inform what his will is. Because look at what, what Paul said, even though he went to these places where persecutions awaited him, he says in 2 Timothy 3.11, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, Iconium and Lystra, which persecutions I endured, he says, yet from them all the Lord rescued me. You see that? Yet God was with me. He rescued me. He protected me. Was it easy? No, it wasn't. But I was in the will of God, so it was worth it. Yeah, man, come on. We, we need to live in a place, brothers and sisters, dictated by the will of God, going here or there, making this or that decision, because that's what God said, not led just by what we feel in our emotions. Uh, let me read to you Luke 17, 33. This is just one verse as well, talking about this preservation of life. Because see, the world tells you that it's all about the preservation of our lives. But notice that Paul just we just read how Paul said that I I go regardless to these places of danger if the Holy Spirit leaves me because I do not value my life more than the gospel itself. I do not value my life more than the will of God itself. Do you value your life, your ambitions, your desires, what you want more than God's will itself? 
And look, this can be regarding something as complicated, as as big as going to a foreign country to proclaim the gospel like Paul, or it can be as simple as deciding whether you're going to move here or there to that city or this city, or whether you're going to go and drive three hours to this or that place to pray for someone or to just visit a friend. Whatever you do, every decision we lift up to get God's opinion, to get God's will and desire for us. So Luke 17, 33, we read, he says, remember Lot's wife. Whoever seeks to preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will keep it. Think about Lot's wife. She's running from Sodom and Gomorrah, but yet she looks back, turns into a pillar of salt. Because she, why, why, why does she look back? That's really the question. Because she wanted to look one last time out of her fears of what she was about to lose. Out of her fears of everything that she has known in her life that she's about to lose. And that's what caused her to turn into a pillar of salt. You see, it's when you fear losing things in the world that you lose everything itself. Job, in fact, said in Job 3.25, For the thing that I feared comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. Have I'm sure you can think of some examples. Think about people who... You know, they've lived in great fear. Maybe in your own life, you've experienced this. You've lived in great fear over a certain matter. And then that very thing that you feared happened to you. Like, what? How does that even happen? It's almost like we think that in all of our, in being focused on, on, on having this fear in us and, and feeding this fear, we will be very sure to avoid this thing we're afraid of. But yet that very thing is what we drive into. It's like when you're driving on a road or maybe a bike, you're driving a bicycle and you see a big rock in the road. Maybe this has happened to you before. You see this rock and you're like, okay, I just, just, just don't, just don't go into the rock and, and I'm going to, and you, but you keep looking at it, right? You keep focusing on it and then you hit the rock in the same way. The thing that you have feared has come upon you. Cause see, brothers, sisters, what we need to understand that what, what, that we live in a spiritual world oh, and an authority is everything in this world. And what you fear is what you worship and what you worship, you give authority. What you fear is what you worship and what you worship, you give authority in your life. Because ultimately, for example, I want to read to you here in uh, Proverbs 29 verse 25. It says the fear of man lays a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. You see, we would think we can escape that which we fear because we are focused on it and we 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 spend all our time fearing it. But the Bible says that we set a trap for ourselves when we fear. The opposite is actually happening. We are setting a trap for ourselves. Because ultimately, when we fear, what, what does it really mean to fear something that's not God? See, we, we read that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So we know that fearing God is good, but fearing other things expresses our deep unbelief in God. That's what it really is. 
It expresses that, God, you are not as big as this issue, as this other thing that we are facing. In fact, this other thing is so much more powerful than God. And in that, I express that I have no fear of God because fear of God is when I understand his power, his strength. And as I tr- and that means I trust him. But as we fear the world, it is the opposite of that. In fact, you know, if you I want to submit to you that so oftentimes the very things that we fear is where we need to go, brothers and sisters. And of course, this is all subject to, to pressing in and fasting and prayer to get the Lord's will. But so oftentimes the things that we fear is not the things we should run away from, but sometimes it's the, th- it's the very place where we need to be going. Sometimes that business that you're afraid of starting is the thing that the enemy is trying to keep you away from, but that God wants you to enter into. And only if you believed that he is with you in this desire he's put on your heart, maybe then you could receive what he has put on your heart to receive. Maybe that move to that other city that feels so like such a risk, but yet you feel like God's really putting it on your heart, but you say, no, 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 because I'm afraid. Maybe it's been unbelief that's been keeping you back from that. But ultimately, brothers and sisters, it's it can also be something as simple or as as deep, really, as our fear of punishment and that we don't believe that God is on our side. Kind of like Adam and Eve in the moment, right? In Adam and Eve's situation, they they ran away from God. In other words, they had a, this fear of punishment. And 1 John 4, 18, it says there is no fear in love, but perfect love costs out fear for fear has to do with punishment. Whoever has fear has not been perfected in God's love. In other words, you have do not have an accurate perception of God's mercy, love and grace for you. And you are then afraid of God that he is not going to show up for you or that that he is actually going to punish you. If these things are what drive us, it will be very difficult to have a healthy fear of God. Instead, we will we will let our fear of the world dominate us because we don't have don't have a trust for the Lord in our circumstances. And sometimes our circumstances You know, sometimes we have fears because, I mean, man, things have happened to us. We've gone through traumas. We've gone through hurts, abuses, maybe terrible things. And we can use those experiences as justification for our fear that we have even all this, all these years later. But yet the Bible teaches that we can have freedom, that we can be set apart from the world who lives in constant fear. See, I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that we need to, to ask ourselves, what are the true wise decisions and how do we make those decisions when we are faced with a situation? How do we ensure, how do we ensure that our past experiences or our fears of the world don't come into our decision making? The first question you need to really ask yourself is where does this where does your instinctual decision originate from? That initial decision, that thing that you did, the way that you want to go in your flesh, where does that come from? Does it come 
from fear of what if this, what if that happens? Or does it come from a fear of the Lord, desire to please him and desire to do his will? The second thing you need to do is evaluate the facts by way of reason, not by fear, not by emotion, not by past things. But what are the facts of what you're facing? And then you don't make your decision off based off those facts. But you take them to the Lord in prayers and fastings. You say, Lord, this is what's going on. This is what I see. This is what I think the facts are. But God, is this a situation where there are giants in the land? And yes, it is a fact that there are giants in the land in front of me. But is your will for me to enter in regardless because you are actually going to be with me and you're actually going to fight for me and carry me on eagle's wings? That's the question. And that's the question we must ask the Lord in prayers and fasting. And if that step is absent, you will make mistakes that cause destruction upon your life and your family's life. And I say this in passion, yet in love for you and your family to not make these mistakes, because this world is going to get worse and worse and worse. And as it does, it's going to get more and more tempting to be driven by fear in your decision making. And when you go down that path, you pave a road of death. But if you make if you pave that path that you walk on with the will of the Lord, that will be a path of freedom. And honestly, can I just be honest with you, man? Like I trust the Lord so much that even if it doesn't make sense, even if it even if the end of that road is not where I would would in my flesh have the perfect desire to go. If it's the Lord's will, there's no better way I can go. There's no place I'd rather be than in his will. Because his will is perfect and good. And ultimately, I will stand before him one day. And the question will be whether I entered his will, not whether I entered mine. It will be whether it would not be whether I always chose the safest path or most logical path from the world's perception of safety and logic, but whether I chose the path that was his voice and his will for my life. That's the question that I will be faced with when I stand before him. And I will be faced with this question of did I value my life or was I or or am I going to be like Paul who does not value his life above the will of the Lord? You see, brothers, sisters, I want to read to you here Psalm uh, 23, around one to six. He says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. You know, we've read this, but I want to get to this part. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. God is the one who we we go under his wings into his protection. That's the safest place to be. And he says he uses that word for comfort. I will comfort you. I will be with you. And we know that the Holy Spirit was sent to be our comforter. John 14, verse 26, he says, but the comforter I will send to teach you to be with you 
And that word comforter, I love it because in the Greek, right, that word is parakletos. And it, it, it actually doesn't just mean to comfort, but it means to be an advocate. You see, God is not just your, didn't just send his Holy Spirit to comfort you. And that is one of his primary roles. But he also comes to be your advocate in the spiritual realm. When you are faced by dark forces, by the enemy's kingdom, being in a spiritual war or whatever kind of war, the Holy Spirit is your advocate. He fights for you. But the question is, is do you look his way or do you make your own plans? Do you make your own decisions? Because he cannot fight for you if you don't give him the reins. If you don't give your desires up for him to rule and have control in your life and in your family. Brothers and sisters, there are so many of us who need deliverance in this area. In fact, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, he says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. And another word is self-control. And and for us to understand that, you know, we can just look at it if, and that, okay, there's a spirit of fear out there. But he says, I did not give you that. I give you power. Power for what? To overcome whatever you face. Whatever giant is in your land, I will give you the power. Whatever trial you're facing, I'll give you the power. I will give you the love. The love for what? Love for God, for his salvation. The love to understand who he is. Because see, here's the thing. What I do not often understand is how we think about this, brothers and sisters. So often we come to the Lord and we say, oh, God, yes, we, we, we believe in this thing called salvation, right? If you're a believer, that's by definition what you are. You say, I believe in that Jesus gave me this incredible thing called salvation, that he would die for all of my sins, wipe all of them clean, which is like the biggest miracle in the world for a wretched being like me to receive that. And I believe that we say, but then we say we can't, then we, we can't trust him in the situation we face. The, the thing in front of us in this world, we can't trust him with that, but yet we trust him with salvation. What are we kidding ourselves? Is our faith as real as we say? Because faith without works is dead. And if you say that you believe God for this thing as big as salvation, yet you cannot believe him for the trial in, ahead of you, how strong is that faith that you profess really? I have to ask you this because you must do this introspection here tonight. You must look at your life and the life of your family and evaluate because if you, your faith is going to fail you in your life now, start wavering now with the things you're facing now, what is going to happen in the future ahead of us? Because the Bible says things are going to get much worse, so bad that the world has never seen anything like it ever before. How will you respond to that if your faith is wavering now? with your situations. And I am not discounting them. I am not saying they're not big. I'm not saying that they're not huge. I'm not saying that that it's that it's not worth mourning over situations happening around us and things going on. But I am saying, are you living in fear? 
Does your heart beat with the fear of the world or the love of God and the perseverance that he desires to give? So give you this day. In the last thing he says, he says, I gave you power, love and self-control. What is that self-control for? The self-control to take our thoughts captive. Because see, ultimately, Jesus said, as I read earlier in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight, come to me who are heavy and labored, who are heavy laden, I will give you rest. That is an instruction. Come to me. Come to me. The shepherd says to everyone, come to me and I will give you rest. But if you do not come to him, you go to somewhere else to find rest. You will not find rest for your weary soul. And if you then do not take control of your thoughts, you don't take them captive. You're not coming to Christ because you need to take them captive. The thoughts that are running through your mind of how things are going to go bad, how things are going to work out. God has left you. He's forsaken you. He's not with you. It's the end of the line. Give up now, etc. Your sin has been so bad. God will never forgive you. All of these lies, you need to take them captive and submit them to the Lord. Reject the enemy and he will flee from you. Brothers and sisters, that is what the Lord calls us to. I'm going to pray for us right now, for everyone in the chat today and listening to this live regarding any of the fears that we are facing right now in this world. And then after that, I'm going to go into the live chat here soon. And I'm going to go and look at anyone who here tonight is listening and has anything that they specifically desire prayer for. Please go into the live chat, type that out, and I'm going to try my best to get to as many people here as I can. So. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this uh, ability, Lord, for us to be together and dwell together, Lord. Lord, I just pray right now, Father, that you would come into our midst. And Lord, I just pray that you would come into our midst right now and allow us to experience your Holy Spirit like never before. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would deliver everyone who's listening to this teaching right now, to this broadcast, who is listening and they are have hearts full of fear and distraught. Lord, right now, I speak to all fear in the name of Christ, in the name of Yeshua, the Messiah, at the sound of my voice. And I command the spirit of fear to go in the name of Yeshua. I command the spirit of fear off of every person and family listening to this in the name of Yeshua. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the Lion of Judah, that you trample underfoot our enemies, that you have overcome, you have won, that victory is in your hands and not the hands of the enemy. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that we are overcomers because you have overcome. And Lord, so we proclaim that you are our master, that we will no longer serve the world and the fears of the world. And we repent. Come on, brothers and sisters, repent with me. We repent where we have chosen to serve that spirit of fear in our daily lives. We repent, God, where we have breathed fear instead of breathing your spirit. <clears throat> Father, I pray right now for everyone listening, Lord, who 
who who has situations, trials, traumas, family members going through things. Father, right now, I pray, Lord, that you would bring them into your protection under your wings. And I pray that you would give them that shelter. And I pray, Father, right now for your Holy Spirit to come upon everyone listening, your comforter, Lord, you say that you are sending a comforter for us. And so, Father, I pray for your comforter to come upon us and comfort every weary soul. And Lord, every every burden, everything that we've been carrying right now, Lord, we've listen, there are some of you guys who've been carrying something for 10, 20 years. And right now, I'm going to ask you, come on, guys, let's give those burdens to God tonight. Lord, every burden, Lord, that's on our mind, on our heart, every betrayal, every hurt, every fear of health conditions, every fear of job, of finances, of 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 family members going astray, of all types of war. Lord, all of these things, these burdens we give unto you, Yeshua. You are our shepherd and we ask, Lord, that you would carry each and every one of these things in the name of Yeshua. Brothers sisters, please go into the chat and submit your prayer request. Now, I, I want to just say this on my heart that there are many of our health issues in this modern day that people, they're trying to figure out what's wrong. They go from doctor to doctor. The doctors can't give them answers. They go from medical cure to medical cure, and there are no answers. There are people who, who are facing these situations because the issue is that they live in fear. They live and breathe fear. And I'm telling you, listen to me out of love for you. If we live and breathe fear, we will have consequences come upon our lives because that unbelief that we live in means that we invite the we open our doors wide for the enemy to come in. But if you revoke that authority from the enemy, you close that doors because you say, God, I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to continue to feed the things that I've been feeding. I will stop believing you. I will stop letting everything that's, that's held me back, hold me back. And I will walk forward in faith for my freedom. Then those that that will become that will become healing for you. I just feel like if there's anyone today, I feel like there's someone today who just needs to hear that. So please, please meditate, listen, think on the things I'm saying. Do not grow hard hearted against it, but go to the Lord in prayer and ask him, God, is fear been gripping me? Have I been serving this without even knowing it? Because look, Fear is this thing that is unconscious. Often we live in it and we don't even know it. We don't realize it. we just we live there and it's become so normal that it's as, as instinctual, a part of our daily life. But God is saying, look, I want to remove these blinders from you to see that you've been living in a place. It's not my will and that I have a place of freedom that I'm calling you to. I did not call you to slavery. I called you to freedom. Amen. So I'm going to enter the chat here tonight uh, for a few moments and I'm just praising God. I'm just seeing a lot of um, amens and I'm praising God that these are, this is blessing you guys. Um, Robert said, definitely need prayer to be perfected in love. Finally, as is written, he who began a good work in me will see that is finished. 
Amen. I, we all, all of our prayers should be that. So, Father, I pray for Robert and all of us, Lord, who desire to be perfected and in your love more to trust you more. Father, help us to receive that that perfection in our heart, Lord. Do not be uh, do not be quick to just give up on our faith of trusting you in these moments, but to have our first instinct to be to believe and not to fear. Uh, Amy said she's a she has a fear of people who intimidates her. So, Father, Lord, I just pray for Amy and everyone like her. You know, I just just one thing. Let me say this before I go on is that, you know, I lived in that place myself years ago. I was that was my biggest fear in life at some point in my life. And it was when I when the Lord, I prayed for freedom. But then the Lord, one day he came to me and he said, hey, PD, go and do this thing, which was like an incredibly th big thing that I would never be able to do because of my fear of people. But I went ahead in faith, even though my heart was beating and I felt afraid. You see, that emotion is one thing. But the question is, will you let it dominate you? Or will you, when God shows you the opportunity to overcome it, will you go where that fear is and just go ahead anyway? And in that moment when I did, I received my complete deliverance in that moment from my fear of people. Never got in bondage to that again. So please, if if there's a fear that anyone has tonight about something, don't be surprised if the Lord tells you you're afraid. I can see you're afraid. I can see you feel that. But now if you want to be totally free, I need you to have faith and take a step. Make a uh, faith without works is dead. And sometimes we need a work to show our faith in the Lord. And that brings the fulfillment of that deliverance for us. But so, Lord, I pray for everyone who's struggling with fear of man. I thank you, Lord, for anyone who's held in bondage because they're people pleasers and anyone who's held in bondage just because they're afraid of people and people's thoughts and what people might think and people just people. Thank you, Lord, for just freedom in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. You pray for I see a few people are saying wives and husbands, salvations like Brittany's husband. We just pray right now for any. Family members, husband, wives, teen daughters uh, and, and sons and other family members who need to find their way with God. Lord, we just pray for all of them. We lift them up, Lord, and all of our fears are surrounding them. Lord, we give up to you right now. God, I thank you, Lord, that you, we, we devote them into your hands and we trust them into your hands. And we know, Lord, that you are capable and powerful. And just like Paul wrote, the husband makes the unbelieving wife clean and the um, and the the, the wife makes the unbelieving husband clean. So, Lord, we thank you that you make our family clean in the name of Yeshua. OK, and then I, I see a few healings uh, desiring for healing. Uh, Chris talked about his wife. Uh, Teresa's son. Um, we just pray for them and anyone else right now, Lord, who's struggling. I uh, see one more. I'm just going to read this one as well. Um, Kendra, four children to be delivered and healed. Um, okay. Lucas for allergies. Elizabeth for new teeth and teeth to be healed. Because okay, so Father, we just pray right now for all of these health issues, all of these children, these wives, these husbands. In the name of Yeshua, right now we speak to teeth, we speak to allergies, right now we speak to 
um, bowel issues. In the name of Yeshua, right now, we speak to COVID symptoms. In the name of Yeshua, God, I thank you for your healing and freedom over all of these and more now. I thank you, Lord. We speak to every spirit of infirmity over everyone listening in the name of Yeshua now. And we command every spirit of infirmity to go. And every spirit that's come in because of fear and has had authority because of fear, we revoke that authority as we revoke our fear in the name of Yeshua this night. And we say, God, we trust you. We put our faith in you. We repent of our fear. And I thank you, Lord, for your healing now. So all these bodies, I command them in the name of Yeshua, be made whole right now. Thank you, God. Okay. Uh, Robert says, I had a t-shirt that says only thing to fear is fear itself. <laughs> right. I think, you know, on that, I mean, I think the only thing to fear is the fear of the Lord. That's, that's, that's what I think is the great, the totally, the, if you want to go for the biblical answer to that, but I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. The fear avoid fear, but fear the Lord. That is the fear that the Lord says we ought to have that healthy fear of him. But I get totally what you're saying, Robert. Um, all right, Natalie, Natalie says, thank you. Thank you for being here, Natalie. Praise God. Um, Carrie says, my sister, my sister's father-in-law who is battling with cancer myself, who's been battling with anxiety in times of social anxiety. Yeah, Father, we just pray right now for I carry sister's father right now battling cancer. Thank you for freedom, Lord, right now over that. We can speak to his body in the name of Yeshua and every cell of cancer. We speak to that and command that cell to die. I thank you, Lord, for freedom right now over his body. Amen. Amen. Alex says, my waywardness and my straying slowly losing faith. And Father, right now, we just pray for Alex, Lord. Pray, Alex, come on, brother. God is here for you, man. He is on your side. Let me just say this before I pray for you. I just feel like Spirit is leading me here. God is on your side, man. Just trust Him. He's not leaving your side. He's not. He. 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 His desire is not punishment. Even when we've made mistakes, even when we've made mistakes, we say we could never come back from, or with God would never forgive us from. God says, "I will forgive you, no matter what it is. Come to me in repentance." And it seems that your heart is a heart of repentance, because that's why you're on the chat tonight, brother. So just come to Him. Say, "Lord, here I am. I give all things up. My waywardness, my straying, I repent from. I." I choose to put my faith in you and see how the Lord shows up in your life and, and say, Lord, I need you in my life. I need you in this and that area of my life. I need your help. The Lord will show up, but you need to invite him in and you need to push in, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. How much Bible are you reading? How much are you praying? Right, brothers, I, brothers and sisters, this is these ingredients of our faith is when we stop praying every day multiple times a day, set time aside, spend time with him. When we stop reading our Bible, our fear, our, our fears will increase, our faith will waver. So please consider if that hits home, consider that, brother. Love you, Father. I just pray right now for Alex. I pray you would bless him and keep him and be with him in the name of Yeshua and anyone else who feels like him tonight. Now, Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would encounter him all over again. I pray, Lord, that you would sh show up, Father, in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Show up in dreams. Show up in visions, Lord.
with your people. Amen. Uh, Kayla says, fear has ruled me my whole life. Found God about a year ago. Praise God. And he's healed so much already. But I've been sick for seven years. I can't eat anything. So much pain and fatigue and brain fog. Amen. Okay, so let's pray for that. Uh, Father, we just thank you for the healings that you have done in Kayla right now. But Lord, I thank you for complete freedom in her body, Lord. And the sick, she can't eat right now. Pain, fatigue, brain fog. We speak to all of that. In the name of Yeshua, Father, I thank you for giving her her um, her her stomach to eat back. In the name of Yeshua, I thank you, Lord, for clarity of mind. In the name of Yeshua, we we speak right now to any spirit of oppression over her. In the name of Yeshua, right now, and we command that to leave right now. Lord, I thank you for freedom, for making her new. In the name of Yeshua, I thank you for drawing her in and healing her spiritually, Lord. I thank you for physical healing now. In the name of Yeshua, Hallelujah, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for no no more of that brain fog, no more of that fatigue. Lord, I thank you for sleep and her nights. She's been struggling to sleep as well. I just feel like that's a thing. Let's pray right now for that, Lord, that you would give her sleep. And right now, we surrender all of the fear surrounding these diseases, these things that have been that have been causing stress and worry and fear. We surrender that all in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for coming on with your prayer requests. I do appreciate it. We have a time for a few more. I do have a prayer request needing. This is from Joy and Messiah. I do have a prayer request needing peace in our home as it's overcrowded because of some have no other home. I also need prayer tonight as I tripped, fell, and I think I broke my rib left side. Wow. Father, right now, Lord, we just speak to that rib in the name of Yeshua, to her left side, all that pain that she's feeling now, or he, we command that to be healed in the name of Yeshua right now. Father, I thank you, Lord, for that pain to leave now in the name of Yeshua. Hey, I want you to just join Messiah. If you're watching still, please just check it out. Move around, search for the pain. God, I thank you for no more in the name of Yeshua. And we just pray right now over the house situation, Lord. I pray, Lord, for peace in that house, solutions, Lord. Your, I pray that you would give them revelation and uh, guidance on what to do with that in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Pray for Kelly says, uh, please pray for salvation for Jane. She's 91 years old. That's surely important. Father, we just pray for her to be to witness experience you even at her old age. And I pray for any any um, any blockages, any any hard heartedness, Lord, anything that is blinding her from seeing how kind and good and gracious you are, Lord. Pray that you would open her eyes to that and anyone else tonight who's listening, who has a family member or who is listening and who who doesn't believe. Lord, we pray right now for them. Pray for you if you're listening to this and you don't believe. I just pray that the Lord would tonight come to you in a vision and dream and show up and, and let you let you experience him in the same way that everyone in the chat today has um, in their lives, in their past. And their. I pray that you would experience that in the coming days. And if you are listening to this, you don't know the Lord, please message us. Go to riseonfire.com and we would love to chat to you. 
about Christ because this world is getting dark, man. And you know in your heart of hearts that there's something missing. And that is the relationship with your creator that he has put there, that desire that he has put there. Um, Elowen, uh, Alan Wynn says, please pray for me to have more courage in sharing the gospel, but also to be able to speak the right words at the right time to the right people. Alan Wynn, thank you so much for watching. I know I've recognized your name for a few times um, in the comments. Thank you so much for tuning in. And so, Lord, we just pray for her, for Alan Wynn and anyone else who's watching who has a desire to reach out to people more but yet are afraid of people lord i just pray father that you would give us boldness and strength to go forward lord and proclaim your gospel lord and thank you for that deliverance lord from people in the name of yeshua uh, gina says during the first prayer of fear i felt anxiety butterflies come out of my abdomen okay well we praise God that he is moving, Lord. We pray, Lord, for freedom, complete freedom, Lord, in the name of Yeshua, from any fear in Gina and anyone else. Um, TNT says, please pray for provision and that God would deliver Taylor and bring him to repentance. Father, we just pray for provision for him, for TNT, uh, him or her. Um, and I pray, Lord, for any uh, family members, as well, that needs to be coming to repentance. Lord, I pray you would bring Tyler to repentance. Lord, let them see what they're doing in the name of Yeshua and see the beauty of your son, Yeshua. Amen. 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 Brothers, thank you so much for coming in tonight. Um, I'm going to take one or two more here. Um, work of the Lord says, Hi, PD, asking for prayer for my wife, having a pain in her leg. Um, so, Father, we just pray right now for his uh, wife right now. We speak to her leg. We speak to the muscles, ligaments, tendons, bones, everything. We command that leg in the name of Yeshua to be made whole now. All pain, get out now in the name of Yeshua. Right now. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. Thank you, Lord. Okay. Thank you so much for praying for my mom. Praise God, Kelly. It's a pleasure. Um, okay. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to pray for joy again, Lord. We just pray right now. This is the last one I'm going to just pray for here tonight with you guys. Uh, Father, we just pray for joy's um, side right now in the name of Yeshua. We speak to all the pain that she's experienced. And I thank you, Lord, for complete healing on her side in the name of Yeshua. Amen. 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 Lord, thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, thank you for the freedom that you have given us in your son to be free from fear. And Father, I just pray right now for anyone listening here that you would help us to go to bed tonight, Lord, and freedom, Lord, and in, in, in lifting our bondages up to you in the name of Yeshua. So, yeah, brothers and sisters, if there's things that you still need to work out with the Lord that's on your heart, I want you to go to him tonight. Really open up your chest with him. Speak to him because he desires to hear from you and he desires to take your burdens. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. If you would like to be notified when we go live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern time, text Yeshua to 94000. And please um, subscribe to this channel and for more videos just like this one. I'm excited to be putting out another episode in our Acts series here soon as well. 
So thank you for everyone in the chat for sending in your prayers. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you guys in the next video. Many blessings and shalom.